And uh, to God be the glory for those that have stood in the gap. And we appreciate it on behalf of my wife and her absence on this evening. We wanted to extend to you all our appreciation again for the love, the support, and the grace you've given in this season to be who God has called us to be. First Peter chapter 5, I want to leave you just with an evening thought on tonight of scripture tying into today's theme from this morning's message. First Peter chapter 5 on this evening. Again, First Peter chapter 5. Let's start at verse 5 tonight. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, ye younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Is that what your Bible says? In due time. Casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. Seeking who he may devour. Now resist him and steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by the brotherhood in the world. Finally, verse 10. May the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, that after you have suffered, after you have suffered a while, May God perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Once again, after you have suffered a while, may the Lord perfect, come on, say perfect, establish, come on, say establish, come on, everyone say strengthened, and settle you, and settle you. I want to take maybe 10 minutes tonight, and I don't even think we'll need 10 minutes tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the glory of the press the glory of the press the glory of the press tonight we press and we continue and strive on to be the men the women that God has called us to be and I believe with all my heart that we live in the days now and we would say in the street or they would say in the street that separate men from the boys. Uh, the Bible speaks that in the latter days there'd be a separation from the wheat and the tare. And it seems as if all on every side, whether it be in our homes, on our jobs, uh, in our community, yes, even in the church, it often is a time of pressing. I look at a Sunday evening crowd, had a preacher hit me up this past week and said, Pastor, what do I do? It seems like the saints are not as they used to be when we were coming up in ministry. In fact, uh, I would suggest that most churches have abandoned Sunday night services altogether. And there are times I would admit that I struggle with Sunday night services, but I believe that there's a glory when men, women press their way out to the Lord. And for some of us, it's on Sunday evening, some press on Sunday morning, some press on Thursday nights. There are shut-ins and revivals and conferences and all type of extra ancillary events that the church will have that people press toward. Uh, not a lot of pressing Sunday morning at 11 a.m. across the country. It is a time of convenience and comfort for the body of Christ and those who come to church. But it takes somebody special who understands that if I want to go somewhere I've never gone, I'll have to do something I've never done. And I know 
know we've come out of ancient days where our parents and our parents' parents went to church, whether it be two and sometimes three. And some of y'all went come from homes where you went to church all week long. Amen. There was something all week for the church. And now looking back, I can understand and I honor and I acknowledge the vision of those pastors. Uh, uh, the saints may have not been in church every night, but they wanted the church to be open every night or every day for uh, the community. And I pray in one of the things that I'm crying out to God for is Lord give us a vision large enough that can encompass this entire community and the region and alike uh, we'll have services obviously on Thursdays and Sundays and there'll be revivals and conferences and the like throughout the land and throughout the calendar year but God maybe on a Monday can there be something for a certain population of our community on Tuesdays uh, there, is there anyone who needs a certain ministry or service in our community and the church becomes that place is there anything on a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday and so uh, we come to a point where Whereas on Sunday nights, there are saints that God, a remnant I call you, uh, that press their way uh, through the storm and the rains and the coldness and the shopping crowd and the TV and the little extra rest. And there's something special about glory in the press. Uh, uh, undoubtedly, I've gone to Israel. And one of the joys of going to Israel is when we go to Capernaum. And when we go to the city of Capernaum, uh, we'll walk down a trail or we'll walk down a pathway. And some of you have been with me. You remember seeing the bowls, uh, the stone bowls and the, the concrete not concrete, but the stone iron bowls that are often in the areas in the pathway. And uh, our God will always remind us these are pressing meals or these are pressing uh, instruments where they take the olives and they put the olives inside the olive press and the press for the oil. And it is a very tedious task and onset ongoing process. But to see olive oil or olives being pressed in the oil, it's really not an attractive thing to see. It's ugly, it's nasty, but because of the process, there's oil that comes. Uh, from the press. Tell somebody there's oil that comes from the press. Oh, you and I can go to Harris Teeter. We can go to Publix and Fresh Market and buy a bottle of anointing oil. But in the days of Jesus, somebody had to press that oil and someone had to purify the oil and someone anoints that oil and there was a pressing to get the product of glory. Uh, we know today that God is raising up a generation of people that will understand that they're here from heaven. Thank God for a worship team that can hear from heaven and say we've got to, we finished with the A and B selection but maybe there's something extra that God wants to hear and to be ministered in worship. Thank God for presiders and elders and pastors, men, women of God who can hear from heaven. But please understand that didn't come from theological seminary. It didn't come from a regular Bible college. But it comes from someone who's pressed their way to the things of God. First, Peter tells us tonight. And by the way, I think Peter knows a thing or two about suffering. He reminds us, may the Lord, I mean the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory. Glory. Come on, say glory. See, there's a glory in the call of God on your life. Peter says, make your calling and election sure. Be very eagled eye about who it is that you are in God, about what you're called to do in God, and whose lives you will impact in the things of God. Make your calling and election sure, because there's glory on the other side of calling. And the Bible says, and after you suffered for a while, this morning we talked about David. We talked about David's life, his public success. We talked about the internal issues and struggles in his home. We looked at the fact that although David was insignificant and irrelevant and oftentimes seemed like on the backside of nowhere, God says, you're still the apple of my eye. You're still a man after my own heart. You're the sweet psalmist of Israel. You've served your purposes. We looked at Peter and said, wow, could it be that God could use a pebble or, and make him a rock? Could it be that God uses a splint of a rock and makes him a fortress and a foundation? 
foundation. Yes, indeed. Your setback is always a setup for God to move on your life. So if God could have used a David and if God could use a Peter after you suffered, maybe you're not here tonight, but uh, uh, there's those who suffered a while. And after you suffered for a while, on the backside of suffering, there's strength, uh, there's settling. On the backside of suffering, there's perfection and there's establishment. Those may not be attractive words, but I believe with all my heart, God has a plan and a purpose. Yes, even from sometimes seasons of suffering. And so he reminds us tonight in closing, therefore, brethren, submit yourselves one to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he will give grace to the humble. My lesson tonight and the lessons of scars suggest tonight that you walk in humility. Because the truth of the matter is all have sinned, not y'all, but all. And we have those moments and seasons. And, you know, I thought about Peter and I thought about some of y'all remember our friend Bishop uh, Corletta Bond. You remember Bishop Corletta Bond. She's a tremendous leader out of the, the Michigan State. And, and I remember one of the trips to Israel, we, 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 uh, after we had left Capernaum, we got on the bus and we kind of went a little further up the, to a site where it is often known that this is where Peter or Jesus would have spoke to the disciples about the fishing in the morning. You remember the passage of scripture, I believe it's John 20, where the Bible says that Jesus called for the disciples as they were fishing all night long, didn't catch anything and all that good stuff. But, but Jesus wants to have breakfast by the seaside. And now that I think about it, it's also the same passage of scripture where Jesus restores Peter and asks, do you love me? And do you love me? Well, it's at that site where we, you, we usually have a stop and we'll talk about what happened at the water on the Sea of Galilee. But, you know, she brought out a point that in all of the trips I've taken, in fact, some of y'all remember our tour guide, Mr. Old Abraham, who's about 80 years old, still kicking, still running strong and fast. He said himself, out of all of the preachers, all of the bishops, all of the world leaders I've toured, I've never had a woman of God teach such a powerful message on that spot. And here's what she said. She said, this is the place where Jesus comes basically from nowhere and the men are in the boat fishing. All right. And and and, and the Bible says that they saw Jesus from afar and he comes on the water. And the Bible says that Peter, of all the disciples, imagine, imagine, Peter is the one who sees Jesus on the water. And instead of putting his clothes on, or excuse me, instead of taking the clothes off, he puts his garment on and throws himself into the water. And the, sin, and, and the question was asked then, as it was asked during his Bible study, why would have Peter done an awkward thing? Why would he have done? He sees Jesus, and the Bible says now that he recognized that it was Jesus, you would have thought he would have came toward Jesus and got prepared for breakfast. But he immediately thrust himself into the water. Awkward things, awkward times, awkward moments. We've all had awkward moments. We've all had seasons and moments where we're not quite sure, scratching our head, why we did what we did, and what did it come out of, this, that, and the other. But it's Peter who writes to us and says, if we can walk with a spirit of humility, if somehow or another we don't boast and brag and make excuses and act like we uh, larger than life, if we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, God's word is sure that he will exalt in due time. And that he reminds us to cast all of our cares upon him. Oh, what needless things we forfeit. And oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to the Lord in prayer. The Bible reminds us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Come on, say everything. In everything with prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And so the Bible says, resist the enemy, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by the brotherhood in the world. Now may the God of all grace begin to strengthen you. That's what I heard in worship tonight. I believe that's what the psalmist was, was pressing after. That's what the presider was pressing after. There comes a day where you have to get on your horse and move on in life. There's been disappointments in your home and disappointments on the job, disappointments in the family, disappointments in the church. There have been, and there will be disappointments in relationships. But there'll come a time when you have to get up and go on with life. You can't stay in the stupid mire of yesterday's past. And Peter says, these truths are acknowledged now. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord establish you. May God perfect you. May God settle you. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. I want to share this thought with you tonight. Because if anybody knew something about suffering, Peter has a message. Peter has an encouraging moment for the people of God. We're being matured as the body of Christ like never before. It's almost as if we're in this fast lane to a path of God's glory. And don't let anyone ever discourage you from being part of the remnant that presses their way to the house of God. We've got inclement weather months right ahead of us, we know. And as always, we always encourage the saints, you use your judgment and use your wisdom as you drive. But tonight I couldn't help but think about many of you all who live 20, 30, 40 miles away. Some across the border of South Carolina. You come to church this morning, enjoy the Lord, and I don't know if you go home or not, or stay with a friend from nearby or what, but the fact that you come to the house of God, God blesses and God honors that. My last question, every one of you tonight, is this. Who would dare come to the house of God on a Sunday night and not receive everything that the Lord has for them? You're already in here. You're in this atmosphere. Why not receive his refreshing? Why not receive his revival? Why not receive his renewal? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to pray with you. Father, tonight, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the rain. Indeed, we are praying. We are sowing. And now we ask heaven to open and send the rain. Father, I thank you that we will close this year out these last several weeks. God, in your kingdom and in your glory. Father, tonight, I just thank you for men and women that are maturing in faith. May we all walk in humility. For you indeed resist the proud, but you'll give grace to the humble. And therefore, may we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that you would do the exalting in due time. God, we thank you tonight that we're called to be sober, vigilant, because the adversary, the enemy, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Father, we know we're better together. And I pray tonight a hedge of protection in the name of Jesus over every member, over their families, over those that are loving and dear to them. We pray tonight, God, that you would send angels, God, from heaven. Send the messenger angels that will speak and minister to them even in the midnight hour. Send the warring angel, God, that will thwart the plans of the enemy, the diablo, the devil that comes to seek, steal, and destroy. God, raise men, women of God up. Someone's pressing for glory tonight. And through the press, God, you pour out oil. Through the press, you pour out your anointing. 
And I thank you that it will be effective and applicable, not only on Sundays, not only in church, but would you anoint them for business success? Would you anoint them in their relationships? Would you anoint them for their homes as parents and as spouses and, and grandparents? God, anoint these, your precious people, to do your will. And after we've suffered for a while, may we be perfected, established, may we be strengthened, and may we be said, would you just lift those hands to the Lord? Come on, say, Father in heaven tonight, thank you for the press. Come on, say, thank you for the press. Lord, I thank you for the oil today. God, thank you for the oil tonight. Thank you for the oil tonight. Come on, say, my cup runneth over. You anoint my head with oil. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, thank you for your goodness tonight. Come on, while those hands are lifted, come on, say, Lord, thank you that after I've suffered for a while, that you are perfecting me. You are establishing me. You are settling me. And you are strengthening me. I thank you for the oil tonight. Thank you for your presence now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I lift these hands to you that, we, that you would use them for your kingdom. I lift my heart to you that we, you would use it for your glory. God be glorified in the name of Jesus. I give you honor and praise and I lift your name high tonight. Thank you for the press. Thank you for the oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now clap those same hands and let's just lift the praise to the Lord tonight. Come on, let's lift the praise before the Lord tonight. God, we love your name, Lord. We bless your name tonight. We give you glory tonight. We magnify your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to share this tonight, and I don't think my, my wife would mind me saying this, but throughout these several last few months, we have found ourselves on many an evenings sitting right there at the edge of that altar, sometimes on a Monday night, sometimes on a Wednesday night, sometimes on a Tuesday night. I think we even had a Friday night where we've just come, we'd cut the alarm off and it'd be dark in the whole building. We just cut a couple of lights on and we just find ourselves crying out to the Lord on the behalf of the church. And, and we wanted that to be not in front of the people to be celebrated. We didn't want to do that for folk could look and see, oh wow, see how deep they are. But we knew that sometimes it's, it's in the shadows, in the secret place, in the secret place of the Most High that we would abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I can't tell you the times that we would, we'd start singing songs and we'd begin to give God praise and, and there would just be such a freedom. And we're talking months and months and weeks and weeks ago, but I sensed that same residence, that same anointing, even in this house. Some of you have already commented through the last couple of weeks, it's just a, a freedom and there's, there's, a, there's a liberty and there seems to be just a, a purity. I say to you tonight, as I told those new members on yesterday, there can be no greater spiritual anointed service than Sunday night communion. So I ask that every one of you take advantage of the advantage. Experience the glory and the joy of the Lord on tonight. May heaven fill you. May God bless you. May your lives never be the same. We're pressing our way. We're going forward and higher. By the grace of God, shake someone's hand and say, Dave, I'm pressing my way. I'm pressing my way. Amen. Amen. And amen.